Hi guys, welcome to the Drone Horizon podcast. I'm Alex and today I'm joined by Simon Allen. Simon, would you like to introduce yourself? So, hey guys, um, I'm, I'm Sai. I'm a landscape, lifestyle and drone photographer based on the South Coast in Dorset. Cool. Thanks very much for being with us today, Sai. Um, so we asked you to send over three pictures um, just before. Um, I mean, where do you want to start? The three great looking pictures. Um, so let's start with the uh, the sunrise over Dirtle Door, I think. Okay. Yeah, the sunrise shot over Dirtle Door is um, obviously Dirtle Door is about a 15 minute drive from me. So if we know we're in for some good weather, if it's going to be a little bit moody with some sea fog and, and stuff like that, we we tend to try and get up nice and early and, and head there before all the uh, the tourists get there, shall we say, and um, yeah. hope, hopefully get some uh, great shots out of that. It's definitely a trek all the way down to the bottom, though, so I guess having a drone means you can take off from the top and get where you, where you want to. Yeah, it depends. It depends, obviously, every time we go, we try and we try and get some different angles and, and some different perspectives, and again, it depends where, where that light's going to be... Um, is going to be uh, hitting as well. So, yeah, I mean, we do try and walk down to the bottom on occasion and, and uh, yeah, make the most out of it. But, yeah, super handy having a drone. You can cover so much more ground. Yeah, definitely. Was that picture taken this year? Is that sort of, sort of this that year? Was or was that literally previous? taken in February this year, just before lockdown. Um, okay. Yeah, I think it was uh, mid-February sort of time. Yeah, I mean, I went down to Dirtledore in, I think it was uh, June, July time. Um, There's a lot more people down there and I went sort of during the middle of the day, but it is it's a fantastic place for getting some shots and obviously being so local to you, I guess it's, it's great being able to just pop down there. It's a little bit further for me, but um, you said we, do you normally go with someone else or do you sort of go on your own when you go to do shoots? No, there's a good couple of us that uh, are, around, are based around this area that we always try and, you know, sort of bounce off each other for ideas or just help each other out. And it's always a little bit more encouraging when you when you know somebody else is going to get up in the freezing cold on a <laughs> yeah definitely you know, five o'clock on a Monday morning when you've got to get to the office straight after. It's always a little bit more encouraging. We always try and uh, try and go for a coffee afterwards. Obviously, with with lockdown and COVID being in place, it's been a little bit more difficult. But yeah, we've got our our normal hotspots where we go and grab a coffee afterwards as well. So it's 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 a social thing as well. It's not just a creative yeah. thing. Really nice. Cool. Um, so where do you want to go now? We've got two lovely shots left. Um, the second shot is uh, the guy stood on the top of the uh, on the edge of the on, on the edge of the mountain. Mm-hmm. So uh, every every year, um, a group of us, normally the same guys that head out in the morning, do uh, a road trip. Um, okay. So we've covered like Lake District, Peak District, Scotland. Uh, okay. This was from March this year when we did the NC five hundred. And uh, after that, we stopped on the Isle of Sky, and that is a different angle at the Old Manor store. Okay. So again, super early sunrise session, uh, really cold. It was raining when we first got up, um, but as soon as we parked up at the bottom, the clouds cleared, and we were blessed with an epic sunrise and gorgeous colours. Um, and that was the first time I actually climbed up one of the side of the stores, and um, yeah, that was a, a friend of mine, and I just buzzed the drone around the other side and and just grabbed grabbed that shot. I mean, as hard as it is getting up that early, and obviously being the temperatures it is as well, it that capturing that golden hour is just you know it's stunning, isn't it? I mean, it's a great picture. I really like how the sort of mountain curves through the through the middle of it. 
Um, but yeah, so whereabouts was that one? Sorry, was that uh, Scotland? So yeah, that's Sky? Scotland on the Isle of on the Isle of Skye in uh, okay. Old Manor Store. So it's about twenty minutes past Portree, um, which is mm-hmm. the main sort of like town stroke village that's on on Skye. Um, it's a real hot spot. If you saw a different angle, you would know where it is straight away. Um, it's It's been heavily covered over the last couple of years. I think the main spot that everybody walks up to to take the shots from is actually called Banger Hill, which is absolutely disgusting in the uh, creative world, mm-hmm. to use that word. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's super heavily covered. And I think that's why I enjoy this shot so much, because it's a completely different perspective. Mm. I mean, even with the Dirtle Door shot, obviously, when people tend to take pictures of Dirtled or like even just generic pictures that you see of it it's usually from the beach looking through the the archway so it is I think drones offer such a different perspective on things like even I mean I personally when I fly I I prefer to use it more as a forward-facing camera but just a different perspective so rather than sort of focusing just on the top-down shots I like shooting forwards because I just think it gives such a different perspective to anything else and obviously you've got the mobility of it being able to whiz it wherever you want to to get exactly what you're after I think they're great bits of tech it's just a shame that all these regulations are coming in that are making it that much harder to fly now yeah absolutely absolutely um so with the shot the last shot uh, was Germany if I'm correct in thinking yeah so I was um actually on a business trip and um I think it might have been the first time I ever took my drone abroad um I hadn't had the drone very long but Obviously, being on the south coast of Dorset, we've got beaches and cliff faces and, and, and lovely stuff like that, but we don't really have any tall buildings or anything like that. Um, and I knew, so this was completely risky. This is before uh, the CAA brought out regulations where you have to register your drone and pass the yeah. mandatory safety test and stuff. Um, I knew drones were, were banned in the center of Frankfurt, um, but I was actually on the outskirt of, of Frankfurt, um, just where they were starting to build all of those tall buildings and stuff like that. So um actually when i arrived at my hotel the sun was just starting to go down um and i could hear lots of sirens going off and stuff like that so i thought it probably wasn't the best sort of time to to put my drone up but i just couldn't the light was too good so basically i was in my hotel room i think i was about the seventh floor and i had this uh this big like bay like french door thing that kind of slid open and left quite a big opening so i thought i could take off from my hotel room fly through the window go over my hotel and, and grab the shots. But obviously I had to turn all the sensors off to be able to pass through that, that tight gap. Yeah. It was completely fine going out, but trying to bring it in was an absolute nightmare. And there was actually an office on the other side of the road and all the guys were stood in the window, like banging on the window, cheering, which made it even worse. And I managed to, to, to fly it straight in on about the third or fourth attempt. So I was actually contemplating putting it, landing it down in, in the, uh, in like the little, uh, the garden area of the hotel and running downstairs and quickly grabbing that but no i managed to, to blag that one and get that in so it was a complete risk probably shouldn't have done it in hindsight but and the image isn't even that great but it's just something i think it's a great image it's, it's got you know it's it's really nicely composed and like everything's like like really nicely exposed you've got some really great colors in there i mean i personally wouldn't do it because i'm not brave enough what was the was there any interference that kind of thing or was it pretty clean um it was pretty clean but the like i was facing towards away from where i was shooting so i had to fly the drone and then basically the drone would have been behind me and obviously i was in a building it it actually performed really well um yeah again i didn't think about it at the time lessons (laughs) learned and i would 100 percent not do something as stupid as that again 
Well, I think we all do those things when we're starting out with drones. I think it's one of those things that you sort of look back and think, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But I mean, I remember when I first started shooting, I was at Old Harry's, which is obviously probably not too far from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had my spark and I was, it was obviously still within visual line of sight, but I flew it right out and I was like, oh, I just want it back a little bit further just to frame everything a little bit further, a little bit further. And that was like, right, got the shot where I want. I looked up and I was like, that's quite a long way out. I should probably bring that back. And obviously being a spark, it's, you know, it's a tiny little drone so it didn't handle the wind too well but again it's one of those things isn't it that looking looking back you think maybe I wouldn't do that in the future sure. um just by coincidence um all the pictures you've sent over they're all portrait shots so they do you normally tend to shoot portraits from your drone I'm guessing uh, is it a Mavic you've got so uh it's a mixture I think they all those shots that I sent you would have been with a Mavic but I've had a Phantom 4 Pro Plus as well okay um so what I normally do is I actually, I know it's got a pano uh, option built in, but to keep flicking back from options to select the pano and which style of pano, I find it really frustrating. So what I actually do is I shoot three landscapes. So like uh, foreground, middle ground, and then, and so on. And then I stitch them together in Lightroom. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, re- it's really easy to do that. It's literally two clicks through photo, merge, pano. So uh, I feel like you get a little bit more depth and you get a little bit more clarity and actually a bigger picture as well for you to crop in wherever you want and stuff. So it definitely sure. helps as opposed to select that area you, you want to create the photo out of. So how do you decide um, whether you're going to shoot with the Mavic or the Phantom? Is that just sort of on the day kind of thing? I suppose the Mavic probably works better for traveling and that kind of thing. So with the Germany shot it, and you know, that kind of thing, it would, it makes sense because obviously you don't want to be taking a phantom with you, but how do you sort of determine what you're going to use? So I actually, I don't have both anymore. So I, um, I started with the Mavic when the Mavic first came out, I, I brought it from the photography show in Birmingham, uh, when it on, I think it was probably about two or three weeks after release date and I got there super early. They only had two left in stock. It's like the wife's going to kill me, but I don't care. So I brought it and that was my first drone. Um, and then just as the Mavic two came out, uh, the Mavic 2 Pro, I sold my Mavic to get some funds to put towards a Pro 2. Um, and we ended up actually moving house that week. So that money got soaked up on a washing machine or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Um, and then I had, ended up buying the Phantom 4 Pro Plus from uh, a really well-known drone photographer around here. He's, he's a great friend of mine, Aaron Witherford. Um, he did me a killer deal on that. So um, that was my second drone. And that was a beautiful, beautiful drone, really good good camera on that drone and then I sold that uh back in February when I brought the Pro 2 which I wanted for the Scotland trip because I didn't really want to be like you said lugging that Phantom 4 Pro Plus up mountains and and stuff it's just yeah it's just not easy I've done it before and it wasn't fun so I needed to I need to consolidate consolidate that that size and weight mass on my bag um and I'll get back into my bag in a bit actually because it's um it's quite an interesting way I pack my bag sure. now. Um, so yeah, I mean, do you want to go ahead and let us know what you take with you? I mean, obviously, I guess it varies from from trip to trip, but sort of generally speaking, what do you take with you? So, a couple of years ago, I would have taken literally everything I could possibly carry. So, I would take two DSLRs, probably like five lenses, a drone. You name it, I'd take it, and I'd only end up using one camera and one lens and, and the drone. So over a period of time, I've got rid of a lot of stuff, and it's really not about the gear. It's, it's all about the storytelling, and um, I kind of feel like if I've just got one camera and maybe one lens and a backup lens, that 
that really helps me and focus on what I want to produce and gives me the limitations of what I can create as well. So it really helps my creativity. So now what I take with me is the, uh, I take a Sony a7R2, um, a Zeiss uh, 35 mil, which is goes down to 1.4, I believe. Um, And then I just take my Pro 2, the Mavic Pro 2. And that is, that is about it. And then I've got plenty of room and, stuff for snacks and waterproof jacket and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Do you, with the Mavic 2 Pro, do you take any uh, filters with you or do you just shoot and then? Um, so at the moment, I don't, I don't have any filters, but that was one of the great things about the Phantom 4 Pro Plus. I think I had about four or five packs of the Polar Pro uh, filters and some of those were absolutely stunning, especially obviously being along the coast to punch out that reflection on water and stuff. They worked so well. So I do want to, do you want to get hold of some of those for the for the pro two for sure sure and do you tend to obviously you've mentioned that you take a dslr camera body with you as well do you tend to sway more towards the drone side of things or are you more sort of uh traditional photography i guess you could call it it really depends if i'm honest um it really depends on where we are i'd always try and at least like almost capture too, but it's really hard when the sun's coming up and you know you've only got like maybe five, 10 minutes of good light to, to choose. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it really depends. If I've been there before, I probably would have already used the drone. Um, so I try and create something a little bit different with the, um, with the camera, but it also depends if I'm there for fun or if I'm there, you know, shooting some brand work or something like that, then it all depends on what the client wants. So yeah, it's, sure. it's hard to choose. So you mentioned obviously that you shoot for brands and that kind of thing. Is that something that they got in contact with you or is it something you've sort of built up over time? Yeah, it's something that I've kind of built up over time. Like I said, we do a road trip every year um, and it's got to a point now where the road trip is pretty much covered by some of this brand work that we do on these road trips. Um, so I reached out to a lot of brands. I think it was our second road trip we did Um and I'm actually a brand, uh, a brand manager for a business here in the UK. So I kind of understand what brands want and what brands need. And if they can kind of get something for free without actually spending any real money, then they're more likely to say yes. So I reached out to a couple of local brands around here. So obviously we've got Offspray, which is just around the corner, which is a huge sure. outdoor brand. Um, so we reached out to those kind of guys and just said, look, you know, we've got a social reach of X amount. We're going here, here and here. Here's what we've done in the past with other smaller brands and other brand work. Uh, you know, if we can get this and that, and here's what we can we can do for you in return. Um, a lot of brands we didn't hear anything from, not even a sorry. We, yeah. we don't have the budget for it or anything, but some of the brands that did reach out to us have, have been really well, and, and we've built that uh, sort of um, friendship over the last couple of years, and, yeah, it's been great. So do you do... Um, is photography sort of like a, a side thing? Obviously, I know you do the commercial work as well, that kind of thing. But is it sort of a, a side thing that you do in, in your spare time or is it a full-time job? Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a side hustle, really. So uh, my main income is actually wedding photography. I tend to shoot about 30 okay. to 40 weddings a year. Obviously, with COVID again and lockdown, it's, it's been yeah. horrific. I've actually only shot one wedding this year, which is, you know, it's hurt the purse strings. But um, looking at how other people have been affected, um, it's been horrific. So, yeah, wedding photography is sort of my main income from a ph- photography perspective. And, you know, the, this brand work that I do um, on the other side, which you can see a lot on my Instagram page, is it's more just kind of 
goes and goes side by side with what I'm doing. You know, if we're going climbing or we're climbing up a mountain or hiking or something like that, if I can incorporate it with something that I'm going to enjoy, it actually has a better reflection in the images that I create. So yeah, definitely. All the, all the sort of brand stuff I do is, is outdoor gear or something to do with the outdoors. I would never say yes to shooting something that I wouldn't enjoy or I don't understand the concept. So yeah, it's been a lot of bags. It's been a lot of waterproof jackets and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, just, pure outdoor stuff yeah i mean i guess one of the obviously you've mentioned with covid it's affected so many people and obviously it would have been nice to have done this kind of thing in person but with with you know with the way that things are this is probably the best that we can do at the minute um but i mean i've noticed i've obviously not been able to travel as much as i wanted this year but when i have been able to get out it's made a difference with a lot of obviously with regards to the social distancing a lot of outdoor places like Dodo door old harry's that kind of thing there's noticeably less people there. So it makes for, you know, for better pictures. And obviously you spend less time in Lightroom taking each person out, but it's, you know, it, it has freed up a lot of the, the outdoor places, but it's also made people appreciate them a lot more. I mean, when I have seen people there, you know, it's been people that, you know, I have clearly gone there for the first time. So it's, it's forcing people to see the outside and appreciate it and that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I'd booked to go to the Lake District this year. Um, I managed to get to uh, Dorset and Cornwall um, and to France as well. But I'd, I'd booked a, a load of holidays. So it's a bit gutting that I wasn't able to get there. But I mean, the, you mentioned about the NC500 for that uh, mountain shot. Is that, you know, how did you hear about that? Or is that just something you sort of did sort of one year and thought, oh, let's just keep doing it? Obviously, you said you do it with your friends kind of thing. Yeah, it started off as just... Um we would go to the photography show in Birmingham and obviously from Birmingham, from where we are in Dorset, that's kind of like a midpoint to get to either the Lake District or the Peak District. Um, and we just, we've seen so much cool stuff in Scotland, really wanted to go. So one year, me and a friend, we did Scotland. We stayed in Sky uh, for a week and did a few little bits on the way back. On the way back, the weather wasn't so great. So we kind of just thought we're going we're gonna to go back again. And then uh, somebody mentioned to me about the NC500. So I did a little bit of research and picked out a few hotspots along the way. Um, so we did East Coast first and then West Coast and then Isle of Sky. And then on the way back, we actually stopped at the Lake District as well. Is, um, is there anywhere that you're sort of planning to go next year? I mean, I'd say probably out of everywhere that you see on Instagram, Iceland seems to be one of the, the top places for photographers and drone photographers at the minute is that somewhere have you got anywhere sort of planned for next year that kind of thing um i think if we're still sort of in limbo with lockdown and stuff like that it will probably be like north wales or scotland again maybe the lake district um it's been a while since i've hit the peak district um i'd love to go to iceland and you're very right it was on my bucket list for a real long period of time but I feel like it's been so overdone. I think if you go there now, you need to really think outside of the box to create something that somebody's not already done, yeah. um, which would be really difficult. I'd love to go, would absolutely love to go. Um, one of my favorite photographers uh, is actually just ridden around uh, Iceland on a bike. I think he did it about two months ago. Right. And um, he's been many a times and I always follow his work and yeah, I would love to go for sure. Sure. So how did you get into photography then? Was it something that you sort of liked from when, you know, many years ago, or is it something that you've sort of recently picked up and obviously found that uh, with 
camera technology now becoming so good, especially with what's available on your phone, obviously anyone can sort of pick it up and, and gain an interest from it there, which obviously then can excel on to sort of more professional stuff. But sort of how did you get into it? Um, so I've kind of always had cameras um, throughout my life. Um, and I was playing sport at quite a high level when I had a bad injury and I needed something to sort of take my mind off stuff. I was going to be out of the game for quite a while. Um, so I brought my first DSLR, which was a Canon 1100D, super like entry level camera. Um, and just started messing about, watched a lot of stuff on YouTube, um, a lot of like Frono's photo and Gavin Hoey and, and people like that. Um, and just it just kind of snowballed out of that and started doing little bits here and there for friends um, and then did a wedding for for a friend for free, which was an experience. Um, and I shared those photos online. And then from there, somebody tried to book me, but I didn't really understand like the whole process. I'd, I'd never never really gone that far in regards to, you know, handing over money for a, a project, i.e. a wedding. Um, but I did it. I made an absolute loss on that wedding for sure. Um, the reinvestment in another camera. So if my camera broke, I, I wasn't, I wasn't stuck on the day. Um, and like the album and all that kind of stuff that I gave to them. Yeah. I didn't make any money out of that. I certainly didn't charge a lot. I had no idea, but from there I thought I could, I could make this work and this could be a really good second income. Um, so it probably took me about three or four years of doing real low budget weddings at not great hotels and, uh, you know, fake flowers and just generally cheap weddings at a cheap price point. And then I think about on my third year, I nailed this, like, uh, I think it was Low Earth Castle. So I, that's like, you know, a 20 grand venue. So yeah. the wedding itself was super uh, high end. The dress was gorgeous. The flowers was amazing. Big load of bridesmaids, big loads of dudes in suits, like made great photos. And from there, Again, my, my wedding photography sort of snowballed and then I started just selecting the images, uh, sorry, selecting the weddings that I wanted to shoot rather than just take saying yes to everything. Yeah. Um, and sort of built my own style of wedding photography. And from there, I kind of really started to fall out of love with photography and watching people on YouTube like Peter McKinnon, drones started to come into the fourfold. And I was like, oh, I really want to get a drone. I've never thought of myself as a landscape photographer and I still really don't, if I'm honest. Um, I'm not that guy that rocks up with a tripod and a load of leaf filters. That's not my style at all. Um, yeah. But yeah, just fed in love with shooting stuff from a completely different perspective. And then I quickly realized I could do the same without a tripod and filters and you know, use Lightroom to bring out those like dramatic colors and stuff. Um, so that's where it's kind of just kind of stemmed from there, really. Yeah. So obviously now that you're sort of more established in what you're doing kind of thing, looking back, is there anything that you sort of wished someone had told you back then? Um, is there sort of any sort of words of advice you could give for sort of guys just start starting out that kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. I think um, take your time with it. Like if if you live in central London and you only get, get to make it down to Diddle Door once, you know, once or so, or once a year or something, don't like panic if the weather's not good or it's raining, like you could still create something really cool, but the door's still going to be there. It's been there for thousands of years already. Like take your time where, you know, these locations are still going to be there. And, you know, when you get home, open up those images in Lightroom or Photoshop or whatever you're using and, and, and study them like, and, and learn, learn about, 
you know, how to frame that image, maybe look at your settings again, whether you've overexposed or underexposed. And then the next time you go, you know, put that into practice again. So I would definitely say that I posted a lot of stuff that if I create that content now, I probably wouldn't post on, on Instagram. Uh, just, I was just doing it because I fell into that trap of, oh, I've got to give, you know, I've got to keep pushing content out there if I want to, you know, start build followers, but it's not about followers. It's not about that social reach is, you know, for me now it's about a, a group of friends getting together and, you know, shooting something cool. And if something comes out of it, so be it. The amount of times we've got out of bed and it's been a complete bust, but we've gone and had a coffee and a great chat afterwards is, you know, probably more times than I've created something and posted something. Yeah. I mean, I know you mentioned that you've watched Pete McKinnon and I remember watching a video of his and he mentioned that one of his biggest regrets when he was first starting out and now is that he would only ever shoot if the conditions were perfect. Um, and I think that's something maybe we're all a bit guilty of. I suppose with drone photography, it's slightly different because obviously you're very reliant on sort of wind conditions and rain and that kind of thing. But I mean, I know that there's been times where I've gone somewhere with my drone and I thought, right, you know, going to take a picture and then you sort of psych yourself up for it and you get there and the weather's not exactly what you wanted. And, you know, you sort of lose the enthusiasm for it. Is there anything that you can sort of go sort of elaborate on in that kind of thing? Yeah, I think um, one of the times we went to the Lake District to shoot a jacket. So that the Lake District itself is like a, probably like a nine hour drive from Dorset. Um, we only had one day to shoot it. Um, and it was for their spring and summer range. So it was like a super lightweight uh, Gore-Tex uh, rain jacket. And when we got there, the weather was horrific. Obviously, you're surrounded by mountains, so you've got no idea whether the weather's going to change or if it's going to get worse. Um, so it was just a case of sitting in the car, waiting it out, um, and then just trying to shoot something, waiting for that split second in the gap. And to be fair, it kind of worked out, actually, because we've got some really cool reflections from a puddle in the road and looking down down a valley and stuff. So it, it kind of worked out, but it's just, again, it's just being patient. Like don't rock up and think you're instantly going to shoot that epic shot you've been thinking about all week. It doesn't work like that for sure. So just have a little yeah. bit of patience and, and just, and even if the conditions aren't, aren't always there, like it's with wedding photography, you know, if, if it's raining and it's really moody and dark outside like that, you use that as your advantage, like light the couple and expose to that dark and moody sky and get those raindrops in there and get an umbrella over the bride, you know? Um, so yeah, just be patient, patient for sure. Like it's just the way it is sometimes. Yeah. I mean, obviously working in weddings, that kind of thing, it's, it's very much a, you have to capture that moment. I mean, this, there's, there's not really much room for error in that kind of thing. And it's certainly something that I don't think I could do myself, but, you know, it's it's definitely a skill. I mean, weddings especially, like capturing that exact moment and that kind of thing. But do you find that you use your drone much for the wedding photography or is it just DSLR stuff you shoot? Um, I try not to use my drone because legally I'm not allowed. I'm not, um, I'm not, I am not. I don't hold a CA license, so I can't sell any drone footage um, or, or use a drone um, in that way. I've had a few customers ask for group shots and stuff and, um, I've checked in with the, the venue and the location and made sure it's not in a flight path and I'm not doing something stupid and I can back away like down the side of a field or something where I've done group shots. Um, but yeah, I try not to. Uh, so I just kind of use my drone for like a, like, like what really you see on my Instagram page with lots of landscapes and, and stuff like that. Sure. Okay. Well, I think that's about everything for today. So thank you very much for um, 
for coming along to the to the video chat and thank you for everything and yeah best of luck with everything no worries at all catch you later cool.